2020 was not what we expected. But as you can see, that doesn't make it bad. Thank you for making 2020 a great year in the life of Vineyard Church of Hopkinton, in the life of our community. Isaiah 43, 19 and 20 says this, For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Yes, I will make rivers in the dry wasteland so that my people can be refreshed. Good morning, my name's Stephen. So how can we succeed in 2021? That's the question of the week, right? We look into this year and we look back and we realize that things have changed. And they've changed some good things and other things have made life a little bit more difficult. If there's one thing about 2020 that we can say for sure, it's that it's forced us to recognize that things in our life have to be a little bit more flexible because everything changes all the time. You know, Good Housekeeping came up with a list of 56 New Year's resolutions. And I did you a favor and I went through that list because I was curious. Because I was like, you know, honestly, did I do last year perfectly? No. I need help. Like, I'll take advice from people. If they have ways that are specific to how we live life right here and right now, I want to learn. Come and teach me, please. So I went through that list and I was very disappointed, very disappointed because 55 out of the 56 things were the same exact things that you see every year. Go on a diet, rest more, uh, organize your house, uh, clean a little bit more often, hang out with friends more often, exercise, eat better food. You know what, friends? I did those things. And then March happened and my gym got closed and I couldn't hang out with friends that I had scheduled to hang out with. And all I wanted to do at nine o'clock every night was eat a box of Lucky Charms. Like, come on, give me a break, good housekeeping. And you know, the one thing that they wrote on there that was specific to how we live life right now, here's one thing that's going to change your life if you do it this year, sanitize your phone more often. That is it. Are you kidding me? Come on. That's what's going to change my life? I doubt it. I doubt it. Uh, you know, one of my wife Sarah's current fave shows is The Crown on Netflix. And it's about the life and reign of the current Queen of England, Elizabeth. And one of the th interesting things that's gripped people as they've watched this show now for three seasons is this regular habit that they show her having of every night bow getting on her knees right before her bed, before she goes to sleep and praying. People have talked about it so much because it just seems so strange and so unique for a world leader to end her day in that way. But it's been proven by people who have lived and worked in Buckingham Palace that this is actually a part of the queen's regular life. This is how she lives her life by ending it with prayer. And in 2017, she gave her Christmas Day address to all of Great Britain. And this is what she said. Billions of people now follow Christ's teaching and find in him the guiding light for their lives. And I am one of them because Christ's example helps me to see the value of doing small things with great love. 
Queen Elizabeth has a plan for succeeding this year and every year. And it starts and ends with modeling her life after that of Jesus. And she ends every day praying over her life. What is your plan for success in 2021? What, you know, we all have routines in our lives. Some of them we didn't choose, but they've chosen us. You know, uh, maybe you're meticulous and you wake up every morning at 6 a.m. You let the dog out, you start the coffee, you start breakfast, you grab your Bible, you come back, you eat breakfast, drink your coffee, uh, and read your Bible together before you start your day. Maybe you're the opposite and you hit the snooze button as many times as you can on your phone before finally getting up and having to run out the door because you're late once again. And honestly, working from home was the best thing that could have happened because now you have all this extra free time, probably to sleep. But you know, at least it's a little less stressful. However you arrange your life, you are living out a routine. It just may not be the one that you would have chosen. And the unfortunate thing is that that's often how we live our spiritual lives out. We, we were meticulous with our work, with our cleanliness, but when it comes to following Jesus, we don't have patterns. We just kind of take what comes our way and live it out in whatever form and format that we have. Whether your routine for following Jesus is consciously chosen or unconsciously chosen, it is affecting how you grow. And this morning, I want to talk about how to succeed in 2021, but it's not about dieting or exercise or less screen time. It's simply about consciously choosing to orient your life around a practice of being in the presence of Jesus. Because friends, here's my thought for today. Choose a rule for your life or your life's going to choose a rule for you. Choose a rule for your life or else your life is going to choose a rule for you. Let's pray and then we're going to jump into this. Jesus, I just thank you for uh, each person that I'm here with this morning. I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you that you brought them through a hard year. I think for every single person, it's been challenging in some way, shape or form. And we thank you that as we look ahead, that you are in control, that you are working that you have good plans, and that you love us so much. And so we ask for you to come and to work in our lives. Help us to orient our lives around a practice of your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want to talk this morning about a rule of life. That may be a foreign concept to you, but it's not a foreign concept in the history of the church. You see, actually, it's one of the oldest practices that we have in the church. It's been around for at least 1,500 years. It's commonly talked about when we talk about nuns and priests and monks uh, who, when they take their vows, they take their vows choosing to live life in a certain way according to a certain rule of life that, that guards their, their spiritual life, their emotional life, and their vocational life. And it affects uh, how often that they pray and when they pray. It affects how they work, uh, how they serve others, and how they rest. 
It's called a rule of life. Now, the word rule might be a turnoff for some of us, but I think when we dig into this rule, this word, it actually has a lot of life-giving uh, stuff for us. So I want to talk about it because the, the Greek word that rule comes from, it means, amongst other things, a trellis. Now, if you're a gardener, you know this. If you know grapes, you know this. But a trellis is the thing that a vine grows up on. And a trellis helps a vine to grow the direction that it needs to grow, which is up. It needs to grow uh, higher and higher in order for it to be fruitful, uh, to grow, be productive, to do what it's supposed to do. And it gives the vine structure, an important thing for it. The trellis uh, is, is necessary for a vine. I don't know if you've ever seen a vine that hasn't had a trellis, but two things either happen. One, it either dies because it doesn't have any support and it can't grow in the correct direction, or it finds its own support structure. Uh, it finds its own building or tree or whatever have you that it can grow up along. And do you think that that works out super well for the vine? No or for the things that it's growing on. No, in neither case, it doesn't work out all that well. John Mark Comer is a pastor and a rule of life practitioner, and he says this about a rule of life, that it's a way to organize your life around the practice of the presence of God to work and rest and play and eat and drink and hang out with our friends and run errands and catch up on all the news, all out of a place of deep, loving enjoyment of the Father's company. What if we organized our lives around a practice of being in the presence of Jesus? You know, there's a great example of this in the Old Testament, and that's the life of Daniel. Daniel is a prophet and a leader. He has a whole book uh, accredited to him in the Old Testament uh, called the book of Daniel. And we read different stories about his life. And in each story, we're, we're shown just how much he lives according to this rule that guides him and leads him. And I want to read one story from Daniel chapter 6, starting in verse 4. So if you have a Bible there, open it up. If you don't have a Bible, uh, but you're on... Uh, you're chatting with us, uh, look uh, just below the chat and you'll see the Bible button. Click on that and read along with me. Uh, it's just kind of helpful for us to, to learn what the Bible has to say. Don't just take my word for it. Here's what it says, Daniel 6, 4. Then the other administrators and officers began searching for some fault in the way Daniel was handling government affairs, but they couldn't find anything to criticize. He was faithful, always responsible, and completely trustworthy. So they concluded our only chance of accusing Daniel will be in connection with the rules of his religion. So they went to the king and said, Long live King Darius. We are all in agreement that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced. Give orders that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone except to you will be thrown into the den of lions. So King Darius signed the law. But when Daniel learned that the law had been signed, he went home and he knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. And he prayed three times a day, just as he always had, giving thanks to his God. And then the officials went to Daniel's house, found him praying and asking for God to help. 
as usual, just as he always had. Daniel organized his life around a rule that was based on being in the presence of God. He prayed three times a day, and I don't think he was showy about it. He went to his house, to an upstairs bedroom. Sure, he opened the window, but who likes to be like stuck in a stuffy corner when they have to pray? Like, you know, he wanted to be able to see some things. That Nothing wrong with that. He wasn't bragging about it. He didn't go in the middle of the workplace and start, uh, get on his knees and start praying out loud. He went to his spot and he prayed three times a day. And everyone seemed to know about it, but I don't think that they knew about it because he bragged or he pushed it on anybody. I think they knew about it because it's easy to know about when somebody does the same thing every single day. It's pretty easy to notice. And his coworkers knew that the only way they could trip him up was to prove that he loved God more than he loved anything or anyone else. What? a legacy. What a rule to live by. This story shows us Daniel's unflinching obedience. He does not question it. He doesn't doubt. Uh, He doesn't uh, start to get nervous. He just goes and he prays. He doesn't think about bowing to the king. That's not what's going on here. He does what he always does. He lives according to the rule that he has set up, according to the way that he has been trained uh, to live, the, the way that's, that's guided him through some ridiculously hard situations. As you read in the rest of the book of Daniel, where his life is put in danger multiple times, but each time he stays true to this practice of the presence of God, and that guides him, that gives him the strength because he's built his life on a trellis that can support him. When he goes through hard things. And I think in 2020, this has been proven that we need this. You and I, we both need this. We need a rule of life to guide us. Otherwise, we start flopping all over the place because we try to be flexible, but instead we find out that we're immovable. We find that we can't actually adjust, that we can't deal because we don't have any support structure to be able to grow off of. And I want to be painfully honest for a second. Because, you know, I think 2020 has showed us something. You know, when a, a common phrase is failure is not an option. But I think in 2020, we've learned that actually, unfortunately, failure is an option. We can fail, but it's painful. We don't want to. And that's not what God has for us. But it is all too real of a possibility. So how do we live our lives in a way that failure starts to go out the window? Well, we build our lives on a practice around being in Jesus's presence. We build a trellis. So what is it like to build a rule of life for you and for I? Well, historically, building a rule of life has been based around four main things. Here are the four things. It's about being intentional in these four ways. Intentional about how you pray, how you rest, how you work, and how you do relationships. And so I want to talk about these four things. Are you intentional about how you pray? You know, I've gone through a lot of different rhythms in my own life around prayer. A couple of examples. I've learned that uh, a prayer uh, walk is much better for me than a prayer couch because I fall asleep on a prayer couch. But if I go for a prayer walk, then I can stay focused. You know, I've learned that for me, having a launching point 
using set prayers from things like the Book of Common Prayer, the Divine Hours, or Every Moment Holy is really helpful for me. It gives me a structure to be able to, to kind of launch off of. It's not a weakness. I think it's a strength. I've learned what rhythms work well for me. And with that, it's helped me to deepen my own spirituality. You know, I was using the, the book Every Moment Holy, which has uh, prayers for uh, just regular everyday uh, types of occurrences. And one of them is for uh, finishing a book, a prayer for finishing a book. You ever prayed one of those? Uh, and so I, I use this because recently I finished a book. I read a lot. It was just a novel, nothing, you know, specific, you know, Christian or whatever. Um, but I finished it. And then I was like, you know, I want to pray that prayer. Because sometimes I get really deep into my books and, and it's hard for me to come back up for air afterwards. And I just kind of get stuck in the story. And so I prayed this prayer and invited Jesus in. And it was pretty simple, but it, it was powerful. Because what happened was I was able to come back out of it with a renewed focus on Jesus. You see, I invited Jesus into the things that I was already doing. And that's the key to a good rule of life. It's not creating 20 different new practices. It's finding ways to invite Jesus into the practices that you already have and asking him to come and show you how to do those with a deeper focus on him. Are you intentional about how you rest? Do you have times in your week when you're able to rest in a really refreshing, refilling sort of way? You know, I recently had a conversation with my spiritual director, Dan, and spiritual direction is another one of my habits. Every month I get together with Dan and we talk about my life and he knows pretty much everything that's going on. And he asks me the question over and over again of where is Jesus in this? It's really good. It's really helpful. And so I'm having a conversation with him about me not resting really well and about how on my day off, I've just been, I had just been collapsing. I've been hitting a wall over and over again. And so we're talking this through and he says, Stephen, you need spaces during your week, not just on your day off, but during your week to rest. How can you create three hours during your week? where you can get away, where you can refill your tank, not just watch TV or play video games or whatever it is, or even read a book, uh, but where you can really refill your tank in a, in a holistically healthy, Jesus-centered way. And that was gold. Let me ask you that question. Are you feeling burnt out? Are you struggling, feeling stressed? Do you have time in your week where you can be re filled. It's necessary. You need to rest in the presence of Jesus with intentionality. Are you intentional about bringing Jesus into your work? Now, I'm not saying that you need to go and, uh, you know, put a Bible on the end of your desk so that everybody uh, knows where it is that you stand or that you put a, a bumper sticker up in your window. Like I'm saying, are you intentional about how you invite Jesus into the patterns of your day? I think Daniel is a great example of this because Daniel wasn't showy about it, but it was obvious that he was marked by a practice of the presence of God. Are you that intentional with how you engage with 
Jesus? Do you have a rule of life when it comes to your relationships? Let me answer that. You may not have an intentional one, but you do have a rule of life. Uh, your relational rule of life affects how you deal with your spouse, with your kids, with your coworkers, with your family members, with your parents, uh, with your friends. It affects how easily that you let people in, how well you love people, how well you forgive people. Do you want to succeed in 2021? Here's a couple of ideas for you. Set up a, a pattern for dating your spouse. Set up a pattern for one-on-one time with your kids. Uh, be intentional about hanging out with friends who really refill you, not just take away from you. Be intentional about spending time with people who point you to Jesus. Those things are all necessary. Set up a rule of life in your prayer, in your relationships, uh, in your work, and in your rest. And hopefully you caught this, but your relationship with Jesus does not have a separate category because that's the whole point of a rule of life, that it will infiltrate and overcome every single area of your life. We want Jesus in all of it, not just in one part of it. You know, many of us are leaders in some way, shape, or form. Maybe you lead your kids as a parent. Maybe you lead at work as a manager. Maybe you lead a a small group, a support group, or some sort of team. You're leading in some way, and the people that you are leading need you to be intentional with how you live your life. Sarah and I recently watched The Two Popes, uh, which is about the, uh, it's a movie about the relationship between Pope Francis and Pope Benedict. And in it, one of the popes looks at the other and says, you lead by the way you live. And I thought, yes, that is it. If you live haphazardly, you will lead haphazardly. If you live intentionally, you will lead intentionally. Choose a rule for your life or else your life will choose a rule for you. Looking for a place to start right here and right now? Try living a bit more simply. This isn't about money. It's about distractions. Let me read some verses to you from 1 Corinthians 7. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. Hopefully last year, we learned that we couldn't do everything, that we needed to simplify. But I know in, in it, we were struggling, right? Because we had restrictions placed on seemingly every area of our life, and yet we still tried to do all the things. We worked, we had our kids involved in stuff, or we tried and we got frustrated with it. Uh, we volunteered, uh, we tried to be involved in all the same clubs. Uh, we tried to do all the things, and it was frustrating because it wasn't possible in some ways. But in a year where our world shut down, many of us struggled to shut down. Let me, let me ask you, suggest to you that we make a promise to ourselves this year. Let's admit that we cannot do everything, that our world is not changing tomorrow. Many of us will not have a vaccine tomorrow. Oh, we won't have our life radically changed within the first month of this year. We are going to still be going through the restrictions that are placed on us. So instead of faking it, let's choose to admit that we can't do it and and choose to live within good, healthy boundaries. And I know that some of us are already living well. And so I want to call you to more because you want more. 
And in the Gospels, Jesus always required more of those who asked for more. There's a story of Jesus and this young man in Mark 10. Listen to this. Verse 17, as Jesus was starting on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said, but to answer your question, you know the commandments. And then the young man said, no, teacher, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. Looking at him, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is still one thing you haven't done. Go and sell all your possessions. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. And at this, the man's face fell and he went away sad for he had many possessions. I want to be clear about something here. I think this young man was living life well. I think he had a healthy rule of life. He had healthy boundaries. He had his perspectives in order. He was doing the things that he was asked to do. He was following God well, but he asked for more. And any time that we ask for more, Jesus is going to require more of us. And for him, it was that he needed to go and sell his possessions in order to come and to follow him. And the question for us is, what if we put ourselves in the place of this young man? Many of us are doing well, but we want more. And in 2021, Jesus may be looking at us and saying, go and sell that thing that you don't want to sell and follow me. Go and work 10 hours a week less and follow me. Go and quit those extracurriculars that are filling up your schedule to a level that you can't live within and come and follow me. Go and let's learn how to love your family well, to work well, uh, to care for others well, to serve people well, and come and follow me. I don't know what Jesus is asking from you, but if you're asking for more, he's asking for more as well. Because following Jesus requires intentionality. A trellis is required in order for us to grow. We want to grow. Otherwise, I don't think you would have sat here with me for the past 20 minutes. Uh, this is something that you want in your life. So are you willing to be intentional? Are you willing to set up a rule of life in 2021? Let's stop letting our lives choose our rules for us. Instead, this year, let's choose to set up a rule of life for ourselves so that we can grow towards Jesus. Let me pray with you before we worship. Jesus, I thank you that you have good plans for each person that I'm speaking to right now, that you want to see growth in their life, that you want to see maturity, that you want more for them, that you want them to succeed this year. And so I ask for grace Give us grace to hear you clearly, to follow your leading clearly, to know how to live a life that is more and more focused around you. Teach us how to set up healthy rules, healthy boundaries for how we live our lives with intentionality focused on being in your presence in all areas. In Jesus' name, amen.